Hi guys, um, it's Colton here, and I am here to ask you, do you not have time for books like a regular human being? Are you busy? Um, are you just, you just don't want to sit down and read? Join the club, man. Go to audibletrial.com slash life815. Check out some free audiobooks. You get a 30-day free trial. Verbally read books. I've been listening to books like crazy. I'm smarter. I'm better than you. And I'm just an overall better person. Audibletrial.com slash life from 815 for a free 30-day trial. You are welcome. Yep, 41. There's no way I can make it. was called Tiger is going to win the Masters. <laughs> All right, we just won't mention that. <laughs> Who the hell wore number 41? One of these times we'll, we'll actually know an athlete off the uh, top of our head. Uh, Jackie Robinson's 42. Oh, baby. I know that one. Tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated sports podcast in the history of professional sports podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Live from the 8-1-5. Episode 41, the Dirk Nowitzki podcast episode of Live from the 815. Thank you for joining. It's Colton. It's Jake. Jake's laughing at me. What's so funny? It sounded like you said it's the Dirk Nowitzki podcast. Like, this is all about Dirk all the day, all the time. No, I I definitely did, and I saved it. I thought pretty well. Um, I called it right out and ruined it, so. (laughs) All right, we'll just cut that. We'll cut that right away. But it's (laughs) it's the Dirk Nowitzki episode. Um, 41. So what we do, because we're clever as shit, is that we name an episode after the jersey number off the top of our head. We don't do any uh, research, because we are great at what we do. Yeah, we always remember these names just like that. It's like, I name one, he names one, I name two, he names three. It's like, we know so many players by every number. It takes about, like, 45 minutes to an hour to even start a show, because we just keep rattling off jersey numbers that people wore. Absolutely. But we have a great, great show. We don't. We do not have not one, not two, but not three guests on the show today. That's right. We have zero guests on the show today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like that one? <laughs> that was a good one. I laughed out loud. So what we're gonna do instead of talking to guests, we're gonna talk to each other. Um, Jake, are you ready to talk about sports with me? Yeah, it's a good thing. There's a big, exciting whole week of sports. Between our last show and now, we yes. got a lot to talk about. Obviously, the one thing everybody is talking about still and will always talk about is golf. Nobody ever forgets that, that that's even a sport. Yeah, no, golf. I, I was just about to say, what happened in golf? Because, I mean, I, I don't mean to know because I definitely watched, but what happened? You should fill me in. What happened is <laughs> one of the coolest tournaments of the year happened. The Masters, there's, there's the pageantry, there's a little racism sprinkled in there. Augusta is terrifying. <laughs> For any minority, but people still go out there and play golf. Um, yeah. It's the most beautiful course, the most history. I thought Tiger Woods would have a shot. Alas, he sucked ass. Um, Patrick Reed, a.k.a. a saggy bag of milk, a.k.a. a walrus, a.k.a. 
a pillowcase. That's for sure. This guy sucks, but he wins the Masters. He's an American hero. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, if you win the Masters, you get the Medal of Honor, I've heard, right? (laughs) Well, he's... He's done some cool things in the Ryder Cup. He's like, he's he like single handedly took on Rory, and they both shot like a sixty four, and he won a huge match last year. So that's cool. But other, than I wish that, Rory would have beat him. I don't care about America winning that. I, I do. I do care because I like America, except for when Patrick Reed wins the Masters. This dude sucks. He is. A he was player. literally like kicked out of like. Two colleges for just being a dickhead. He was right? kicked out of Georgia. He he went to a, a college called Augusta State, which is the college that's in the same town as Augusta. Um, <laughs> he won two national championships, but there was a story that came out that he was a loser. He was a dickhead. He stole money from his um, from his teammates. And watches, right? They're like, watches. So he he sucks. And then I read a different article. There's there's all these articles coming out. Is that he? He pulls an Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't talk to his family. It's his wife and his wife's family. He doesn't and, talk to his wife. No, it's it's like he. It's only oh. him, his wife, and his wife's family. He doesn't talk to his actual family. See, that doesn't bother me at all. It does. Oh, it bothers, you know, that's what people use on Rodgers. But what if their family sucks? What if his family's a bunch of racists? You know. Like, or what if they're terrorists? Well, then they would be. If they were racist, they would be welcomed at Augusta. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Bet Green might be the racist one. Yeah. We're not sure on who's racist here and who's not, but I'm sure one of the Reed family is. In twenty fourteen at the US Open, his wife told security to escort Patrick Reed's family out of the grounds. So <laughs> even even if the family sucks, it sounds like the wife's wearing all the pants in the family. Patrick Reed is a little bitch, a little pussy, and um he honestly just Looks like a zit in like his chubby ass shirt. He used to wear a choker. That's that's another reason why I don't like him. It was just an awkward looking choker. Mm-hmm. And now he's a master champion, which sucks. But he he earned it. He played really well all week. Almost lost it at the end. Jordan Spieth yeah. has a round that was almost historic. Came out of literal nowhere. The last hour of Sunday's coverage, Jake was. So cool. It was the closest. Oh, yeah, no, I, I was aware of what was happening. I was kind of just following on, like, Twitter and Reddit and stuff. But, yeah, it, it was it seemed exciting. That's for sure. As a golf <laughs> lover, um, it was the closest thing you can get to golf porn without having Tiger Woods win a major. It was so cool. <laughs> I was Tiger, by Tiger the way. was bad for three days in a row, and then he was average on a fourth day. Which is great because if he was average on that first day and then sucked two, three, and four, everyone's like, "Dude, he's." I was finished. gonna say because people were really ragging on him like like before Sunday, and then now nobody's ragging on him at all. So that that was clutch for him. That is what <laughs> is so funny about Tiger fanboys is that Tiger comes out and shoots a three under sixty nine, which is what he shot on the fourth day. If he does that on the first day and then plays like ass on day two, three, and four. Everyone's gonna say, "Wow, he can't he can't play a tournament. He's terrible." But since it was his last round, for some reason, and my stupid mind does this too. I'm like, "Oh, baby, he's just building momentum. He's that's all he's doing here. He's he he went he went into Sunday. He was wearing red. He was looking fly. He shot a 69. I think he got like 28th place or something like that. Never. Yeah. He was done before the leaders even teed off, which was kind of depressing. But it was a nice little appetizer to what we got on Sunday." But holy frickin' moly, was that cool. 
Ricky Fowler Ma- almost uh, became a uh, Masters champion. He finished second place, uh, one shot behind. Uh, huge Ricky guy. He's a pretty boy. He's a cool dude. Um, uh, I even, you know what? I even won a little money. I got hot for like four days gambling. Oh, yes. Where are you putting your bets? I had a top five bet on Patrick Reed, on Jordan Spieth, and on Ricky. So that was obviously cool because they're one, two, and three. Cool, um, cool, cool. And then I got a little hot in MLB, but we'll get to that later. Side note, um, like for five days, I think I was around like 18 and six, which is yeah. blazing hot. Today I yeah. went 0 and 9. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so baby. That, so that's just me getting a big head and betting nine bets in a fucking day, and I lost them all. Anyway, back to golf. It was amazing, it was cool. Can't wait for more majors. What sucks is that we go from the Masters to the like RBC Heritage in Hilton Head, where the winner gets like a plaid jacket instead of a green jacket, and it's just it's literally like a white trash version of a golf tournament. See, yeah, but that sounds like way more fun to me. I would way rather go to that than the Masters. <laughs> you know, at the Masters, I'd be watching my step. I'd be like, oh my god, I don't want to bump into anybody. I might get sued. You know, I want to go somewhere I can drink, you know? What's cool is that a great way that you can go have a beer is at Augusta, where everything is cheap as balls. Their most expensive beer is like four bucks. What? Dude, everything is, they have these things called pimento cheese sandwiches that's like a dollar fifty, and that's like their like, <laughs> that's like their like world famous cheese sandwich. And like, they, <laughs> what's funny is that everything is like, it's not Coca-Cola, it's just yeah. like cola, it's not Gatorade, it's sports drink. So, so it, it's all like Augusta labeled and like uh, branded, but everything, like the most expensive food food item is like a four dollar um, sandwich, like a, a pork chop sandwich. Everything is just so cheap there. That's weird. <laughs> that's, that's unexpected. It's amazing, and I like I saw there's like all these tweets and stuff that shows like four burgers, four beers, like three sides of chips and a cookie, and it's like this is what twenty dollars gets you at at the Masters. Yeah, and what does $20 get you at a... Anywhere else except, like, the Falcon Stadium. $20 yeah. gets you, like, two beers and a tip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Your beers are at least $9, you know? But, like, actually, what's cool is that the Falcons first year doing their uh, little lower lower rate on prices, they made the second most money in, in concessions in the NFL. Yeah, and I heard someone else is is having uh, the non-stadium pricing food. The American so, Legion of Football, or whatever it's called. Oh, well, they should. <laughs> I think I thought I heard a professional team. What? I hope. I mean, I hope so. But that was that was the only other spot I I saw it happen. But um, all that being said, golf is great. Tiger's back. He's going to use the momentum. He's going to win fifteen <laughs> more majors. <laughs> That's not, that's not me being ridiculous. He looks great. Um, <laughs> that's not me exaggerating whatsoever. No, I am being serious. That is my 100% unbiased opinion. Um, I'm in love with him. All right. Good Good golf talk. Jake, what, golf. Jake, what, what were your thoughts on the tournament? Give me, the, give me it. Go. Uh, I was hoping anyone would win except for Reed because I heard he was an asshole before he even won God, he's on Reddit. And... Uh, you know, I was uh, pretty disappointed that he won, and then I didn't really care, though. I kind of forgot about it until everyone started talking about it the next day. 
Heck yeah. That doesn't really affect my uh, that I mood. Golf doesn't. I mean, if Tiger would have won or even been close, I definitely would have watched live. But I was just keeping up on my phone. Well, you missed out because it was – dude, Jordan Spieth was draining putts from like 40 feet away. And yeah. it was incre- It was so cool. Like whether you were a golf fan or not, you were like, holy shit, this guy is – the hottest person I've ever seen sport-wise in my life. And body-wise. Well, no, if you if you go see, like, Ricky, you'll be like, damn, this guy's a pretty-ass dude right here. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> All and right. Okay. <laughs> you want to uh, switch gears to a different sport. I know this, we are usually a full-on golf podcast, but I was yeah. thinking about switching it up. We can switch it up to the old National Basketball Association. Yes, I've been telling everyone things are getting clearer and clearer as we get down to less games. Well, we have one more day of games, and uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. It's a madhouse. We have a play-in game in the West, Nuggets versus Timberwolves. Winner goes to the playoffs, loser goes home. Uh, the Bucks are currently in the sixth seed, but there's a chance they're the eighth seed by the end of tomorrow. Um... It's an absolute madhouse. Things did not get clearer. It got way murkier right at the end. There's like 15 outcomes that can still happen. So, just uh, I'd say just check back in after tomorrow, or I guess after today when uh, this goes up, and uh, you will know exactly who's going to make. I'll be able to tell you exactly who's going to make the playoffs. Ooh, wow! What a what a real sports guru you are. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm uh, I'm pumped about this, especially that T Wolves Nuggets playing game. Basically, you know, I get pumped for the MLB when there's a one game uh, playoff. Yeah, game, I know people hate it, but I love it. I love Same. one game. It, so yeah. I love it Johnny Cueto dropping fast. the ball. I love the blackout in in Chicago. I love all that all that playoff stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So this uh, T Wolves versus Nuggets matchup is big. I mean. The T-Wolves put a lot into the season. They went out and got uh, Jimmy Butler to team up with his old pal Tom Thibodeau. And Taj. And Taj. And they got the gang back together in Minnesota. And they don't make the playoffs. It's a pretty big failure. Yeah. They just need Joakim Noah. The whole squad. And Luol Deng, who both have the two of the worst contracts in all of basketball. So, What's crazy (laughs) is that... Is that if if uh, Portland loses their last game and, and then everybody else wins, one, or oh, Portland and Utah, one, two, three, four, five different teams in the West have thirty four losses. <laughs> so like Utah is Utah is the uh, three seed, but I think they even have a chance to go down to the six seed. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure on tiebreakers, and because even if we were sure, it would take us too long to explain it to you. To, for it to be worth it. Like, it is so complicated this year. Like, nobody's locked in. Nobody feels confident going into I love it because, you know, the last two years we've been like, oh, well, here's the playoffs, and now exactly. the Warriors and the Cavs meet. Exactly. This year, hell no, no one's thinking that. The Warriors just lost to the Jazz. And they were losing by, like, 30. Yeah, I put, I put a lot staff. of money on the Warriors. <laughs> What? I put some money on the Warriors, and of course they lose by like 135 points. <laughs> oh my god, that's brutal. But I mean, you know, you have no idea who's coming out of the West, no idea who's coming out of the East. 
it could end up being the Warriors and the Cavs, but I guarantee you it'll be more exciting than it was last year or the year before, where they just basically both walked into each other. It is cool for a sport that everyone's been saying for four, five, six years now that it's basically just two teams and like the NBA is boring. My dad's been saying the NBA is rigged since LeBron was drafted in like '03. <laughs> like, but literally, there. I mean, I do think. LeBron is just going to be LeBron and go to the finals again because seven straight games of, of LeBron is tough. That is tough to uh, defend. But, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a basketball guy. I'm not an expert. So who knows if people are smart enough to, like, figure out a way, like back when Jordan was losing games when he was scoring, like, 60 points in a playoff series because nobody else was doing anything. That's, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Cleveland's a four seed during this uh, recording Philly is a three seed, which is cool because now uh, literally Philly doing that is going to force the other half of the league to start tanking. So that's really going to backfire on a lot of teams because <laughs> because Philly was the only team tanking while they were doing it. And now, so they were just consistently getting top picks. And Yeah, watch out for teams like Memphis to end up moving again or something because I they guess, keep trying to tank and it doesn't work. Well, uh, I think I think I saw Memphis's lease on their um, on their arena ends the same year that the Seattle arena is supposed to be built. Oh, uh oh, yeah, you heard it here first. I wouldn't. I like Memphis. It's cool. Justin Timberlake is a uh, co-owner because he's a Memphis boy, and I'm a lover of Justin Timberlake. So I think uh-huh. just for him not getting his heart broken, I wouldn't want them to move. But Seattle needs a basketball team. Yeah, I yeah I have no problem with that. I don't like when teams move, but um, you know it, it would make sense if any team, if any city in the NBA is probably going to lose a team, it would be Memphis. I think I mean, like, it's not it's not going to be Dallas, probably not Atlanta. It won't be Phoenix, you know, and those are the other bad teams. So well, yeah, there's a zero chance it's a uh, Dallas. Um, they'll never move. Dallas is too big. Uh, Mark Cuban's too prominent of an owner. Phoenix is going to be good very soon. They have the best odds this year, and if they add like a DeAndre Ayton to to the core that they have right now, Donacek, Luka Donacek, he's a bitch, dude. He's so good. Dude, I don't know. Give me Ayton. That that dude is like a forty five year old man in like a nineteen year old's body. Yeah, but Donacek is like he's like six nine shooting guard. And he's playing for the best European team. He's playing for Real Madrid right now. So uh, he's playing for the best team in the world. He's used to playing with superstars. So right now the Bucks are a 6C. They're playing the Sixers of, uh-huh. of Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Would you rather have them lose, go down to the 7th seed and play Boston, or stick at 6 with the Sixers? See, um, I would... Rather play Boston in the playoffs, but if we are the sixth seed, we get to keep that first round pick I've been talking about. Yes, correct. So I want that more than anything, and I would take my chance. Actually, we pro- if we if we win, we're going to end up playing the Cavs because that means Philly will lo- will move down and the Cavs will move up. I thought I thought Philly Three just seed. beat Philly just beat Cleveland to take the tiebreaker for the season. No, Cleveland has the tiebreaker because they won their division. Oh, that's annoying. Yes, so it'll end up, I think the most likely scenario is that the Bucks end up playing the Cavs, which is the worst-case scenario because we will not win that series. 
when it comes to the Celtics are spiraling without Kyrie Irving, so we could definitely compete in that series. And the Sixers are young, and Embiid is still hurt, so uh, we could compete in that uh, series too. So, you know, I, but I say that, and we lost the Nets like five days ago. And, so, and the Magic, like, seven days ago. <laughs> yeah, we suck, dude. I don't know why I think that we're going to win a series. I just want that draft pick. So beat the fucking Sixers, dude. Just We have to beat the Sixers. I, I, I think winning a series against a hurt Boston, which we're saying it like it's a guarantee. That no. They, they have could the get best swept coach easily. League. Boston could sweep them so easily. Oh, yeah, they have the best coach in the league, and we have – Fucking Prunty, who sucks. Um, but I think if we have a chance to beat a team, and like you tell me, we're playing a hurt Boston over LeBron James and other players. Yes. I will I will take hurt team all day because if we just need to get playoff experience, we need to fucking win a series. I want somehow us. No, to- it would be so big for the city if we could win a fucking playoff series. Like everyone would get pumped. Giannis would be more happy. Um. People would take us seriously. We haven't won a playoff series since 2001, I think. Correct. Like, do you know what the tiebreaker situation is with Washington? So, like, We, we even... do not have either tiebreaker. We could be the eighth seed and play Toronto. Worst case scenario. All right. Here's the thing. Um, I saw a lot of basketball saver metrics. The, uh, the, yes. big, the big knock on Toronto in recent years, they don't get it done in the playoffs. Everyone talks shit about Tom Thibodeau playing his players too much. Um, whenever he coaches and then they don't do well in the playoffs because he plays the same like six people. Toronto's yes. like saber metrics are down the stretch. This coach, I forgot his name, is Dwayne Case. He's huge on playing the same four or five dudes in every high stress situation in like the last two months of the season, which is crazy because they have like a bench mob. They have a great bench. Um, yeah. Led by Rockford's very own Fred Van Vliet, who's getting a ton of uh, recognition. But, he's legit, yeah. But um, halfway through the season, he, he tossed his whole previous coaching style to the wind, and he was playing his whole team equally. And now uh, there's been like six or seven games in a row where he's just sticking to the same people. Um, people are wondering if that's going to build up minutes for, these, for this team that just keeps getting older and older. And um, what if Toronto falters again in the first round? That's a big thing on this uh, rabbit hole that I fell down in this basketball sabermetrics Reddit page. Uh, yeah, no, that, I, I like the sound of that. The problem, I think they are much better than the Bucks still, and the um, it would be the most boring series, in my opinion, to watch. I don't want to watch us play DeRozan and Lowry again. For six or seven games, like boring, dude. I want to. I'd rather watch us. I'd rather watch us compete against the Celtics or compete against the Sixers. I'd like to watch Ben Simmons versus Giannis. I'd watch the young Boston versus Giannis. LeBron versus Giannis would be even cooler. But Toronto, that's that's boring. I do not want to lose to Toronto in a boring fashion. You know, I want to see something cool. Here's the thing. I think if we, out of every single team, if we play Boston, that is going to be more boring than if we play any other team because they're so well coached and they're going to take Giannis out of it. Yeah, I, I think they're going to try, but he's also Giannis. And we have a lot of guys who can score, 
we just they they just, they just can't don't. play as a team. <laughs> no, I mean Middleton has been play, will score when needed. Jabari just doesn't feel like scoring though. He is he's been playing poorly, and I am nervous about him ending up on the Magic or something. Well, yeah, so. he keeps making comments about that. Definitely sound like he he's looking to leave, but. Um, I think I saw everybody in the Eastern playoffs are over 500 in their last 10 games, except Washington, which is funny because they were on fire until John Wall got back. So I don't know what's going on there. Exactly, dude. I, I said that too. And everyone was like, in, early in the season, they were playing okay. And then John Wall got hurt. They went on fire. And then he came back and I was like, and saying to people like, oh, maybe they start sucking again. Like, no, that's fucking stupid, dude. You're an idiot. Why would that even happen? You're stupid. And now they're just losing again because John Wall's back. Maybe it has something to do with how he plays, you know? Here's something to uh, take a look at. DeMar DeRozan and uh, Kyle Lowry play down a notch, and Bradley Beal and John Wall usually play up a notch during the playoffs. What if Washington pulls off the 8-1 upset, knocks out Toronto in the first round? Would you fire Toronto's head coach? See, that's brutal because he was on the brink of getting fired last year, and then he had an amazing year, regular season this year. So that's a tough call. I would say probably you have to give up. But, I mean, if I've learned anything from the Cincinnati Bengals, it's Let's have faith in guys who just just make it to the playoffs and then blow it. So I can't believe Marvin Lewis stole the job. <laughs> there's, been, there's been like five or six times where it's like, yeah, he's not coming back next year. Oh, they signed a four-year extension. Yeah, like what the hell are they doing? But that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> but no, I, I actually, that's a good point. I would love to see the Toronto-Washington matchup. That's actually, you know, a really cool 2v2, and that's a great point, Colton. Thank you, Jake. I watch sports, and I lose a lot of money on sports. I like what I do. <laughs> um, we got a few exciting statistical things that don't matter for the playoffs uh, happening to end the season. Colton, you want to talk about the first one? I have a second one. All right, first one. So last year's MVP, Russell Westbrook, famously averaged a, a, a triple-double for a whole season. Everyone lost their mind. People were acting like it was the coolest thing in the world. Well, was the first guy to do it since Oscar Robinson, right? Yeah, so everyone's like, everyone's like, there is no way you cannot give this guy MVP. Like, when will this ever happen again? Well, here we are one season later. I think in the national media I've heard his name be said three and a half times. Maybe Charles Barkley called him like Russell Westbrook, so I say that's a half. Nobody has been talking about him all season. And uh, going into... As, as recording this tomorrow, as, as you're listening to this, today, tonight, he needs 16 rebounds in the, in the final game of the season against the Memphis Grizzlies, which is a dog shit team, to average a triple-double <laughs> for the second straight year. If he, if he does that, he still will not make at the top three or four in MVP voting. No, he won't, and I don't think he really deserves... I think what I think the phenomenon that happened was everyone was amazed by all these triple-doubles, and then people started to realize he was taking all of the rebounds, like, away from people. And, like, you can watch, and Steven Adams, their center, would, like, box out two people, have the rebound right in front of him, and let Russell Westbrook run underneath him and take these rebounds. They were letting him get triple-doubles, and they're going to let him get his 16 rebounds in the last game. I guarantee it. So I think people caught on to it, but it's like 
when Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown and we had to give him the MVP over Mike Trout, even though everyone kind of knew Mike Trout had a better year. You know, when things happen for the first time in a long time, you, you just got to give him the award because otherwise you, you ruin the history books. <laughs> when I was when I was deep in that uh, sabermet or a basketball sabermetrics uh, rabbit hole that I was in the other day, I saw in a stat that I can't believe people actually keep track of that Russell Westbrook last <laughs> season had the highest percentage of rebounds off of a off of a bounce in the history of basketball, and he like tripled it. Wow! Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that means impressive. so that means exactly what you were just saying. On people box out, and then it's just he comes in to get a stat. He's not like boxing out for a rebound. He's coming in to get the stat. And um, I think it's very overrated. And uh, my MVP is Anthony Davis. How about that? Uh, I, I, yes, I agree. But it's going to go to James Harden because James Harden probably deserved it last year. But as we said, we had to give it to Westbrook because he averaged a triple double. So it's really hard. You know, it's like everyone deserves an MVP because the basketball is so great. But, you know, it, it's tough. Uh, that's. But that is a fascinating. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he's going to average a triple double. My final ending uh, ending of the season story is the rookie of the year debate going on between Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell right now. Have you seen this? Oh, I have. Thank you for asking. <laughs> well, you're welcome. It's awesome right now because Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons has been calling himself. I vote for myself 100, percent which makes sense. He's had a great year. But Donovan Mitchell has been taking shots at the fact that Ben Simmons isn't a real rookie and because he missed a full year because of injury and uh, was able to, you know, accommodate himself. He said in a uh, press quote, he was like, uh, let's imagine it this way. Uh, What if you had an entire year to study for a test versus a couple months? I mean, you'd probably do really a lot better on the test if you had a full year. And he walked into the game tonight with a, a hoodie that has the word rookie on it and in the dictionary written across, which is an athlete playing his or her first season as a member of, of a professional sports team. I love that. He's taking move. legit shots here. I love that. And uh, Ben Simmons, I love it too. And I love that they both are fighting over it. And uh, who, who do you think should win? Oh, it's uh, it's Ben Simmons. <laughs> ben Simmons. Yeah, is, I, I agree. I mean, he's so good. Last like month and a half, two months of the season, he's been putting up legit like LeBron James type numbers, where he's going like twenty one nine and nine on like a nine or ten game streak. He is carrying this yes. team. Markel Fultz is still a weird psychological like loser, and MB has <laughs> half of a face, and this team is still the hottest team in basketball. Very true. I mean, I can't argue that Donovan Mitchell had a better year, but do you not see the argument that Ben Simmons isn't a real rookie? Well, what's funny is that the exact um, definition that he has on his on his hoodie says the, the first season that somebody plays or whatever, mm-hmm. and Ben Simmons didn't play last year. Ben Simmons is playing this year. True. I mean, it depends what... Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I think the main argument is that there's been guys who have gotten the award in the same situation before, and you'd have to change the, the rule, and then people would look back like, well, that's not fair. 
I know Ichiro winning it Rookie of the Year is weird in baseball. So, yeah, so it's uh, pretty exciting to see where the season's going to end up for the NBA. Uh, playoffs are coming up. Very excited. But a season that just started that I'm not excited about at all right now because my team is sucking <laughs> ass is Major League Baseball. The Cubs have taken the start that I expected, that I said on this very podcast one week ago, two weeks ago, I can't remember, and they have squashed it right in front of my stupid little face. <laughs> you said 10-0, they are now 5-5. Five and five. Yeah, yeah. I was I was honestly expecting like a 7-3 and three or 8-2 or eight, eight and two start, and alas, yeah. we can't hit a baseball for like three games at a time. We're losing to the Pirates, the Reds, and the Marlins. Pirates obviously look good right now, but they're, they're not a good team. Pirates are not a good team. Hottest team in baseball, baby. God damn it. Um, we lose our home opener the day that we record this. Sister Jean threw out the worst first pitch I've ever seen since uh, 50 Cent. But if you compare, like, athletes between 50 Cent and Sister Jean, I think Sister Jean basically threw a 120-mile-an-hour fastball <laughs> in comparison to what 50 Cent did. Yeah, like, in in comparison to, like, other 98-year-olds, Sister Jean was like Araldus Chapman out there. <laughs> Legitly. Of 98-year-olds, she's Araldus Chapman. That's that's perfect. But the Cubs are 5-5. Five and five. We can't hit a, a lick. And I did go to one game over the weekend where they were playing Milwaukee. I went to Saturday's game. You Darvish looked really good. We came back in the ninth and won. I made all all my bets that game. It was a great game to be at. Great day to be me. It really was. <laughs> great day to be cold. Yeah. Um, other than that, the Cubs are not looking good. They can't hit. Um, Anthony Rizzo has back tightness. He's on the DL. Uh, Chris Bryant's the only one that's hitting. Kyle Schwarber hit a few home runs. But I, don't, I don't know what he's doing. Ian Happ cannot hit a baseball to save his life if somebody had a gun to him and said i'm gonna give you 100 pitches you have to hit one of these baseballs he's dead there's no way he, he hits a baseball dude he just um he sold his his hitting ability to hit that home run on the first pitch of the season wow totally so worth people it. always remember him totally worth it ian you loser god <laughs> you freaking loser this guy cannot hit anything right now I, i'm pretty sure he's a lead in the league in strikeouts okay when I went to the when I went to the game, one of the bets that I put a lot of money on, like the most money out of the whole game, was Zach. Yes. So the pitcher for the uh, Brewers was Zach Davies, and it was Zach Davies strikeouts over or under five and a half. Is that a joke? I look I looked at the lineup for like ten seconds. I saw Ian Happ, I saw Javi Baez, and I was like, right there's eight strikeouts alone. Yes, how did that go? Uh, Zach Davies walked out with nine, like eight strikeouts, I think, and it was the easiest money I've maybe ever made in my life. Yeah, good call. That was a good bet. Thank you. For sure. You got Schwarber, you got a lot of Ks coming up in that lineup. Oh, it was so easy. There were so many strikeouts. People around us were getting so mad, and I was smiling. Everyone's like, dude, why are you smiling? You're wearing a Cubs hat. And I was like, man, I put money on this. And he's like, Wait, really? And I was like, yeah. I was like, what? He's like, what'd you have? And I was like, I had the over under at five and a half. I pounded the over. And his, his buddy's like, me too. And we're like giving high fives. Both were in all <laughs> Cubs stuff. But it was it was a great game to be at. The Cubs took three of four from the Brewers. That is the only reason why I'm not like jumping off my building right now. I love to yeah. see that because Milwaukee's going to forget that baseball exists until the Cubs come back to Milwaukee in like September. Maybe. I mean, they're in a rough spot right now. They are getting screwed with injuries. Yelich is on the 10-day. Uh, they lost another pitcher. Uh, have you seen the argument 
of another reason to get rid of the goddamn no DH in the NL is that the Brewers' top three pitchers are all out from base running injuries. Oh, God, give me a DH. That cannot come faster. Oh, my How God. dumb. How dumb is that? Three of their pitchers are out because of base running. Are you kidding me? Dude, in, in like 30, 40 years when we have kids, we're going to tell them, be like, yeah, back in my day, pitchers were hitting home runs like Carlos Zambrano and Dontrell Willis. And we're going <laughs> to be like, the kids are going to be like, there's no way. Like, our dad's drunk and he's old. There's, there's no way that, that pitchers were hitting base, like hitting any any sort of uh, – Speaking of that, John Lester was a pinch hitter to hit a bunt at the yeah, end that, of that. that was the dumbest shit. I saw him come out, and I was like, God damn it, Joe. What are you doing here? I was Trying furious. To cute. I had the He's Cubs. literally the worst hitter in the history of like baseball. I had the Cubs minus two and a half, and the Cubs were up two runs with a guy on third. And I was like, I was furious at Joe Madden. I was like, I want you yeah. fired right now. He's going to strike out. And, like, oh, cool, he can bunt? Dude, the whole fucking team can bunt. It, it's, it's a bunch of major league athletes, idiot. But then he actually had a perfect bunt. I was like, oh, God, I feel bad for what I was saying. But <laughs> he, got, he got me my over, or my uh, my spread. But, yeah, pitchers need to stop hitting baseballs. They need to start focusing on pitching. The NL needs to get a DH, and that changes unless, so Well, unless much. you're uh, Shohei Otani. Then you should do both and be awesome. So Shohei Otani is the real deal. Last week in our notes, yes. we said Shohei Otani is not a bad pitcher. And this week, Jake's changed it to Shohei Otani is a very good pitcher. This <laughs> in guy, one week, that's how much that our opinions have changed. In he one is, start. Uh, he had one start. That's, that's, that's the only thing that's like blowing up MLB Twitter sphere. He went, what, six and a third perfect and then gave up a hit? Yes, I believe so. But during that time, he had like 11 strikeouts on like 93 pitches. And like the most uh, swinging strikes. in, it, He set like records for swinging strikes. It was insane. And then and then he, uh, right before that, he hit a home run in, in three straight games. So Shohei Otani hype is coming to fruition. And this guy is the real deal, holy field, Japanese Babe Ruth. How'd you like that yes, one? Yes, I love it. That was a beautiful little uh, limerick. I'm a big limerick guy. I mean, I don't even know if that's a limerick, but fuck it. I love limericks. I'm all on the show high train, though, uh, mostly because of a bunch of dickheads that were getting all over his case in the spring training. They're like, oh, he's throwing 92. Maybe they were lying on their, you know, Asian radar guns were lying to us. Nope. And I thought that was the dumbest shit ever because – Oh, yeah, I'm sure the U.S. didn't send their own radar guns over. I'm sure we just trusted them. You know, we just looked at TV and saw, oh, he's throwing fast. Yeah, do you no think that, like, shouted. okay, so obviously I'm unbiased here, but if Theo Epstein is interested in a player, he's yeah. fucking, he's really good at baseball. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I mean that's fair, and it's just, it was, the funny part is that the reason he was so bad is because Asians that come over, they they really take spring training seriously. Because uh, my dad was telling me a story about how Ichiro, when he came up, uh, his manager, I forget the manager's name, who it was. Lupinella? But he, I think it was Lupinella. It was. And, and he benched him, like, to start the year because he, was, he hit, like, 095 in the spring training because he was trying to, like, hit it off a third – first base bag and third base bag every time or something 
And uh, so, you know, just another case of them, you know, not trying to work on stuff in spring training. It's, it's just cool how that works out like that. Well, I mean, baseball is just completely different than everything that sports is. It's you work yeah. on something. You can have a you can have a slump for four straight weeks, and <laughs> you will still come out of the of the season MVP if the rest of the year you just rake. If you have a four week stretch in any other sport that's not good at all, you're gonna get benched. You're gonna get booed. You're gonna get like murdered. Yeah, that's that's why it's 162. You know, where they need all 162. But yeah, dude, Shohei is the real deal. The Angels are looking pretty solid to start off the season. I want the Angels in the playoffs. I want Mike Trout hitting bombs in the World Series. I want him to become oh, a yeah. face of baseball. And then Bryce Harper comes over to Chicago to a good market, and all is good with the world. <laughs> yeah, because Washington, D.C. is such a shitty market. Oh, well, trust me. Come, Bryce, come here. We're not going to boo you like Stanton gets booed in uh, New York. There's no way. I love you. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure he'd get booed if he did uh, something wrong. So I don't know if you've seen the stats. Uh, Mike Stanton has had two games of at least 0-5 with five strikeouts. He had one 0-5 with five Ks, one 0-7 with five Ks. Yes. Nobody's ever had two of those types of games in a whole season, and he had it by April 8th. And he'd never done it before. Uh, he'd never had five strikeouts in his career before this year. So um, the Yankees are in a bit of a pickle. They're worried right now. And uh, as their worries were coming to fruition, uh, as we record this, the Red Sox just spanked them 14-1. to So uh, no mercy from the Bo Sox here. Breaking news, the, the Yankees are done. They're finished. Uh, they were my World Series champion pick, so I am really regretting that. You know, it really sucks that they're already out of it. You know? Yeah, that, that does suck. And I'm still all in on... Dude, if my Cubs-Red Sox pick comes like comes to a head, I'm I'm going to go nuts. Did you put any money on it? I put, I put a good amount of money on it. If, if, if they match up in the uh, World Series, worst case scenario, I come out like $900. And that's if the Red Sox that's... wins. Damn. Well, you know, there's a long way to go. Uh, well, Chris Sale's still pitching for the Red Sox, so they they got them that going for him. Yeah, and and uh, David Price has looked pretty good the, the first few starts of the year too. So, Red Sox are the hottest team in baseball, other than the Pittsburgh Pirates, the powerhouse Pittsburgh Pirates against the Chicago Cubs. So, Cub fans, don't worry if we lose a few games to these uh, powerhouse um, monsters. I guess you could say. Yeah, the, I mean the Pirates are just storming through the league. They're unstoppable force. I expect him to see them deep in the playoffs. Um, speaking as, of deep as in the playoffs, everyone else. Speaking of deep in the playoffs, the White Sox oh, there you are go. really bad. <laughs> <laughs> they are uh, exactly what we expected. For some reason, after two games, a lot of White Sox fans, we were 2-0. and And we're like, holy shit, we're, we're going to be the wild card, dude. And I was like, uh, well, I thought we started the season just hoping to watch our young core develop, which they've been doing great at. Uh, but no, fans are still disappointed and want like are pissed because we're losing games, even though it's, it's constantly our bullpen full of guys that we have no need for them to be good. Like, I have no hope that Juan Manaya is going to be in our future. You know, he's not going to be on our 2020 roster, period. So, 
when when these middle relievers blow it, it's not a big deal. So yeah, so here's uh, White Sox fans, if you're listening, here is my guide to watching a fucking shitty young team play baseball. Um, step one, you don't you don't watch every game. It's so depressing. Step two, you pick three players that you that you check their stats every every few days, and when you tell your friends about those players, you exaggerate their numbers drastically. <laughs> like back back when Chris Bryant was back in the uh, minors, I was like, I was I was like, oh damn, Chris Bryant is hitting like six hundred, and he has like thirteen home runs in the last three days, and everyone's like, fuck, that guy's so good. All right, step uh, three. That's a good idea. Step three, you have to realize that losing games is good right now because you guys are going to get another top draft pick next year to add to this insane core, and it's going to be very nice. And every single pick is so worth it because, like the Cubs did for three or four straight years, you have a different opportunity to somebody coming up and being a stud every, like, five or six months. And that's a cool-ass feeling. Get used to it. Um as long as the as the White Sox win sixty eight or more games this year, I will be fine. Good. That's that's a good point. I think we can uh, clutch out sixty eight. We got some uh, we got some hitters. And uh, Colton, fun fact: Did you know uh, Eli Jimenez already had ten homers on the year, and Kopech has already thrown two no hitters? Wow, I did not In hear that. Minors? I did not hear that. But those guys sound pretty good at baseball. Yeah, you're not. Don't check that. It's minor league stats. Why would you check that? Just I wouldn't check me. that. I trust you. You're my friend. That's a that's a great stat <laughs> that you gave me. See what I mean, folks? It sounds great. Wait till somebody has a few drinks in them, and just throw these stats against the wall and see if they stick. And it's awesome. And that's what yeah. I did for three years. And everybody, including you, Sean Zuba. I doubt you're listening, but fuck you. You always said that they were never going to win a World Series, and I have had so many arguments with you. You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Jake. So I have a question for you. I I uh, I was I was looking through the top prospects the other day. For yes. how many how many huge prospects you guys have? If I were you, because I'm a, I'm a huge negative guy. I love being negative about myself and my future. How annoying is it that Fernando Tatis Jr., the guy that the White Sox traded for big game James Shields, is like the eighth best prospect in baseball? It's very annoying. Um, it will go down as the reason Kenny uh, Williams, though, is no longer in charge. I mean, that's what took it took. That bad of a trade is what it took for the White Sox to finally rebuild after hanging on for 10 years. Literally, we won our World Series and we just grasped on anything we could to get a sneak into the playoffs for 10 years, a decade. And uh, we're finally rebuilding. So, you know what? If it takes a superstar leaving for us to get all these superstars that I hope develop, it's worth it. But that's how I have to think about it, or I'll jump off a bridge. I would be so negative. Um, <laughs> like, like I was saying, I used to always check a few, like, three or four uh, different players. If I was a White Sox fan, Fernando Tatis Jr., would be one of those three or four players. I would check his numbers every single day. Like I, I he used was, to check them, but I don't care anymore. Like he's not our player. He's on the Padres. Let's be honest. He'll probably never, you know, do anything. He'll just be a good player on a bad team. You know. I sure hope not. I hope he becomes the best player of all time. And, <laughs> and that's just me being a selfish asshole, and I'm very okay with that. But well, I mean, it's gonna be. 
him versus Eloy for uh, MVP races. So God, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> and then Quintana loses the next three years the game to eliminate. He always pitches pretty well, but he loses every single game. You guys get eliminated from the playoffs in his contract. All right, I'm not gonna lie. One guy I still <laughs> check whose stats are go- like like what's going on. Dylan Cease. He was. Oh yeah. I fell in love with Dylan Cease like four years ago when the Cubs drafted him, and I, I was pissed off about the whole Eloy going away. But when we gave you guys Dylan Cease, he <laughs> is so fucking good, and I think he is going to come up. So you have Kopech. You have who's the who's the other guy? He's like a like a Latin name for pitchers. Uh, for pitchers? Yeah, I don't Lopez. Know. Ronaldo Lopez. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's already in the majors. He's our he's our best pitcher right now. So you have those two, and then if Dylan Cease is your three guy, and then you have, like, Carlos Rodon as your four, and Carson Giolito's been great. Dude, Giolito. If, oh, dude, I definitely think that Dylan Cease. We have a Cease, lot of pitching talent. If that, that, that Dylan Cease, barring injury, is going to be your best pitcher in the next, like, four to five years. Yeah, I have a, a few worries because he's had some injuries, but I think, you know, worst case scenario, he ends up being a six setup guy because he can he throws it so hard he's, and has a wicked curve. He's so. such a fucking flamethrower. I think he will take the MLB by storm more than Kopech does. Maybe. I mean, he's not quite as pretty, but he gets the job done. Because here's the thing, everyone is sucking Kopech's dick so much that the best MLB <laughs> players are going to watch film. On Kopech. He's like he's like the guy coming up that's like, this guy is going to rule MLB. And I don't think he'll take the MLB by storm. I think Dylan Cease might come up and sneak up on some people and be like, fuck, this guy throws 98 with like a like a 89-mile-an-hour changeup. This guy's really fucking good. Yeah, no, I know. I, I love Dylan Cease. But the cool thing is that he's the third pitcher listed on our top pitchers and just ahead of a guy named Dane Dunning who almost threw a no-hitter in uh, – High A ball uh, a few days ago. So was Dane Dunn they have also a lot in the hearts. Eloy deal? Was he? Oh, dude, I think that name sounds that, way too familiar. Deal. I may be getting him mixed up with Brian Dunsing, who is currently on the Cubs for Cubs prospects. Oh yeah. But if we give you three guys that are in like the top one hundred, I might fucking no. He's from the Nationals. Okay. God, you guys got so much for me. Yeah, we got him in the trade. Got so much for him. Well. I would be very, very excited if I were if I were the White Sox. It's tough to tank and actually get the talent that you need to like act because a lot a lot of teams like Tampa they tank all the time. And when's the last time you heard of a Tampa prospect? Yeah, well, what it takes to successfully tank is having a lot of talent right before you tank. We had Chris Sale, Jose Quintana, and Adam Eaton, who are all really, really, really good players. I mean, Chris Sale is fucking amazing. Uh, Quintana's really good, and uh, Eaton, when healthy, is legit. He's been great for the Nationals this year. So uh, I really hope he succeeds. So that's how that's the key. You have to have a bunch of talent and just ruin all of it and not be able to use it, you know? <laughs> that's what works. Long season ahead. Um, it should be way more exciting for Jake once all these prospects start coming up. It's Dude, mm-hmm. trust me, it's so exciting when you're like, Oh, um, oh Michael Kopech is coming up. is a little expediated because we have so many. I mean, Mankata's been really shaky this year, but he still flashes. Tim Anderson's exciting. And then two of our starters 
are guys we got in the trades. So we have Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez to watch every year or uh, every two out of every five games. So there's a lot to look forward to, but it's also uh, terrible because we always lose. So true, true. I mean, obviously, it's it's definitely going to be different for you, like it was for me. There's no way that any team will ever get lucky enough to have all these players come up and hit like home runs in their first at bat or fucking like amazing catches in their first start like the Cubs did. Every yeah. sing- every single person that came up starting with Starlin Castro in like 2012. Yes. In their first game or two, hit like a walk-off home run or like Wilson Contreras first pitch you ever saw, a home run. Addison Russell hit like two doubles in his in his debut. Ian Happ hit a home run in his debut. Chris Bryant hit a home run in his debut. I can start jerking off talking about all this stuff. Anytime now. <laughs> God damn. But, yeah, long season ahead. Cubs are still going to win the World Series. Red Sox are going to meet them there. I'm going to become a millionaire. Speaking of millionaire, um, the NHL playoffs are coming up. And oh, yeah. You know what? Quick quick little excerpt. We'll have, uh, we'll have some more um, hockey talk as the Stanley Cup playoffs start. I think they start either tomorrow or today as you're uh, listening to this. Here are my three teams so I can get it on verbal – um, recording. Yeah, I want people to know how cool I am, how smart I am. I'm going all uh, East Eastern Conference teams. Hell yeah. So I have. Oh no, sorry, Western Conference teams. My bad. How embarrassing. <laughs> we know we're hockey guys. Huge, huge hockey guys. Um, but we're gonna have somebody on here to tell us how big of hockey guys we are. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I put a little a, a little cash down on Predators. They are the favorites, and I'm not going to not win money when they win. Two two long shots here, folks. I got the Ducks at plus 2,500, and I got the LA Kings at plus 2,000. Kings are playing the Golden Knights in the first round. Golden Knights are going down, bitch. There's, I do not see them winning this, this first-round matchup. Kings are going to win. If all three teams that I bet on win their first-round matchup, they're all in the Western Conference. I have a 75% chance of being represented in the finals. Let's fucking go. That's talking hockey with life in the one five. I mean, I, I can't argue. I mean, but if I were to pick a team to win it right now, I'm going with the Vegas Knights, baby. in the first round, but guess what? I, I am excited about them. They're an expansion team. First, first year they're winning the Stanley cup. You heard it here first. Yeah, we're huge hockey guys. Can you imagine if that was in any other sport that a team was like, imagine like a like a expansion NFL franchise winning their the, their division. People would be losing their shit. Yeah, like who's their quarterback? Like they would have to have a back. They'd be using a backup quarterback. You know, backup quarterback. A bunch of yeah, literally, we would be their biggest advocate. Oh man, but. So that's uh, talking hockey. I'm excited for all my teams to win, all my babies. I'm going to be going nuts if I win. Uh, I'm good about the Hawks' chance, though. Blackhawks, I'm feeling them this year, baby. It's the Blackhawks' year, baby. <laughs> it's the year. Um, so that that's all I have for sports. Trevor Davis, the wide receiver for the Packers, got arrested for a bomb joke. Jake, what do you got on it? Yeah, it was just uh, literally – Worse than it sounds, 
he uh, was sitting next to a woman as they were like searching his bags, and he leaned over to her, who a woman he didn't know, and said, "Hey, did you remember to bring the bombs?" And uh, that was all he said, and he was arrested and thrown in jail for like a day for um, making a joke, which is uh, really lame. I think the TSA has absolutely no sense of humor and are kind of assholes. I know it makes sense, but damn. Unless you are the South Carolina Myrtle Beach TSA. Those guys were stand-up comedians. <laughs> I was I was flying out of there like two weeks ago, and they were making fake ID jokes. They were making bomb jokes about being in my buddy's bag. They were they they were like they gave me the wand like right in between the legs, and was like, "Oh, didn't didn't go off." There's probably not much going on down there. And I was, like, and I was see you gotta you gotta know your crowds then. Clearly, I was drunk as a skunk, but I think I think that Trevor Davis would have killed, but um. Uh, down in uh, Myrtle Beach. Everyone's like, oh, he's so dumb. How do you make that joke? What a fucking idiot. I'm like, okay. I mean, who's going to really expect uh, someone to fucking arrest you for joking? You know, like, I, I don't, I think it's a bad joke. And especially now, I would never joke about bombing oh, the yeah, airport. No way. No because way. I've heard these stories too often. But I don't think it's that. Like, oh my god, are you kidding me, dude? You know, it, it's it's a joke. So, I feel bad for the guy. I'm sure he's fine. But, uh, that's that's the whole story. And that's that's talking NFL with Live from the 5 That's all we got. The draft is in two weeks. Talking so TSA. Yeah, um, I think I have officially declared I want the Bears to draft Quentin Nelson. Okay. Give me me Quentin Nelson or trade down for a pass rusher. So we have like a one-two combo with uh, Leonard Floyd and like Nick Chubb. That'd be cool as shit. You'll trade with the Packers. The Packers will trade up and take a corner. And you guys can trade down and take an edge rusher. um, If we trade down just to pick an edge rusher, I'll be kind of pissed. I want to either trade up, get Chubb, or whoever one is saying is a a, uh, a fucking force out there. He's a man-child. If it wasn't a quarterback... Heavy needed draft, he'd be like a top three pick. But yeah, I don't know about that. I th- I've heard some bad things about him. I heard he's not outstanding in anything, and he in, at the combine he showed he's not very quick. He's just pretty strong. He reminds me of the guy who went to the Niners last year. Um, what was his of, name? The one the Bears traded down to get or to not get out of Oregon. Solomon Thomas. Debrickashaw Ferguson. No, Solomon Thomas. Solomon I remember. Thomas. Because the 49ers like, oh, they got their guy still. And guess what? He was average as hell. I feel like Bradley Chubb is going to be average as hell. And I think if the Bears had the a dream pick for the Bears, it would be Quentin Nelson all Dude, day. I like, want, our, I'll take Quentin Nelson. Day. I will take Bradley Chubb. Um, that's all I got for you. That's my – we will have an uh, NFL draft guy come on and tell me who I should root for and who I want them to draft. But until then, um, I'm all on the Quentin Nelson bandwagon. Everyone is saying he's a freak of nature who plays offensive line. And if Kyle Long can get healthy whatsoever, we have a decent offensive line with just two guards. Which, the, like, people don't ever build from the guards anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's clearly the, their mistake. But, uh, no, I think he'd, he'd fit perfect with the Bears. Uh, there's a, The list for the Packers is too long because they pick right in the middle of the round. 
So there's like literally 20 guys I know like a lot about. I saw so that. I saw that. It's just too much, too much to talk about, you know, on this show. Like we will have a draft show where we can really deep dive. So, well, that, um, yeah. speaking of deep dive, that's all for sports. But Jake, you followed my recommendation and you watched Everything Sucks on Netflix. Yes, and I hope some of our listeners did too, because uh, I listened to you right away, and it was—I uh, can confirm—it was great. It was awesome. Um, I don't. It was absolutely great. It made me literally crack up laughing just out of like happiness. Like it was never like hilarious. It was just more like I'm just so happy right now. I'm laughing. But then there's some sad fucking parts. Did you watch the whole? It's emotional. You it's, know, it's like there's deep, some they, parent struggle. They deal with like single parents. They deal with suicide at one point. They deal with like gayness. Yeah, they deal with like deadbeat dads. All this sort of stuff. Yeah. That principal is my favorite character. Oh, like, my God. I, I love him so much. He might be the nicest character in the history of TV. I literally am in love with him. Like, ugh, poor guy. But, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. It's awesome. Yeah, it it is. it is. Honestly, and then what's funny is that I was telling a girl that I worked with, and me and her always have, like, a wine movie night with, like, the rest of our rest of our friend group. Nobody shows up for this last one. And I'm sitting there, and, and, and she's going through Netflix, and she's like, oh, what do we watch? And was, she's like, movie, movie, movie. I was like, no, we're like, watch Everything Sucks right now. And she, and she has the worst attention span I've ever fucking seen in any one of my closest friends. And she, yeah. and like, it's got to be a good fucking show for her to watch. She doesn't even watch like full movies because they're too long. Yeah, um, I, I totally understand that feeling. So she, I turn on... um everything sucks. I'm like, watch this. She's like, well, I, and she was so mad. She's like, I don't want to watch this at all. So somebody who's going into it with the most negative feelings who didn't want to watch it whatsoever. Should be impossible for you to get into the show. Each episode is like, is like 30 minutes, like 15 minutes into the first episode. She stopped talking. She stopped looking at her phone. And I was like, Oh fuck. I fucking got her ass. We watched yeah. eight. We watched eight of the 10 episodes in, in season one. And then she watched episode nine and 10 the next day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's that good. I, I watched it in like I don't know four four days, five days, and uh, it was awesome. You know, you laugh, you cry. You really but, do, and then it it's set up for a uh, a second season. So I'm very excited. In like nine months, when I finally get season two of Everything Sucks. Yes, it's like what the hell? That's so far away. It's so fucking far, but I'm pumped. Uh, Netflix again found some kid actors that are awesome and huge oh, fucking yeah. fan of that show. Oh yeah, I mean that black kid is literally like the best. Dude, he's the most confident, cool kid I've ever seen in any show. Yeah. Oh my god, he had balls of steel. Balls of steel. He was asking out lesbians. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, spoilers, but yes. Well, I mean, it's like episode two that you find out she likes girls. Whatever. Nobody even listens to this anyway. <laughs> true, true. Like, we're, we're way at the end here. This is where we got no one on. Yeah, so. people just tail away. Um, yeah. I've been watching series of unfortunate events. If you're a fan of the books, you're going to love this goddamn show. It's exactly like the books. Hell yeah. I see you wrote down here that you're excited to see A Quiet Place. Oh, my God. Yes, so am I, dude. I am so pumped. I have heard nothing but amazing. It's not even, like, good things or great things. People were telling me that this movie 
that they have not like dove in to a movie so quick than this one right here. So like people, I've had multiple different groups of people, like different kind of person, different personality. They all told me yeah. the exact same thing where they bought popcorn or they brought candy or bought a snack and 10 minutes in, like into the movie, you're like, I can't eat the snack because you cannot make a sound in the theater. Oh, see, well, that, that that's good advice, actually. I'm, I'll be sure to let Ari know, like, before we go in, like, we're not, we're not eating in this one. No, you can't. Like, people have, like, like, a girl that I know went to a movie, bought the large popcorn for, like, $1,000 or however, <laughs> however expensive well, it is. Like, give or take. I think it was her mortgage, actually. And, because uh, those, the, those large popcorns are so fucking expensive. Yeah, I know. It's nonsense. But she went in there. She bought the large popcorn. She said she she ate about 10% of it. And she <laughs> couldn't eat any more because it was so loud in the theater. Because the whole thing is quiet. Everyone speaks in sign language and there's monsters. And everybody was so captivated that she's like, I can't fuck this up for anybody else. Seriously, like I would feel the same way. Like I I am so pumped because I, I love when movies are like really quiet. Have you seen that one... Uh, what was it? Don't speak or whatever. I where they were wrong. The, uh, yeah. the deaf guy or the uh, blind guy. Blind guy. That's a good one too. I really like that one. I mean, it was intense. I heard the sound. It's intense. One of my sources said, "Quote: It's it's that movie on steroids." Yeah. No, that's a good quote. I like that. I mean, that's what I was expecting because that movie was was definitely lacking. And this one's got John Krasinski and and her is uh, his wife. What's her name? Olivia Culp? Is that her? Emily Blunt. That's what I said. <laughs> Olivia Culp? Who's Olivia Culp? I have no idea. All right, hang on. You talk while I uh, look that up. Talk right now. I am talking about him and his Just wife, Emily Blunt. Say anything Emily else, Blunt. please. <laughs> <laughs> no, Emily Blunt's a badass, though. I love that couple. And uh, I believe the actress is actually, actually deaf, the one who plays the deaf girl in the movie. And uh, John Krasinski pushed to get a real deaf actress, which is cool, because I'm sure deaf actresses have a real tough time getting roles. All right, here we go. Here's, here, here's who I found. Olivia Culpo is who I'm thinking. That's Danny Amendola's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and the first article that when you look up Olivia Culpo is, will Danny Amendola and Olivia Culpo have sex before Super Bowl 52? Wow, that's that's a good one. That's a terrible article. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So, um, yeah, my my bad, but damn, Olivia Culpo is very nice looking. <laughs> Moral of the story, both of those women that we're talking about are very attractive. So, Emily Blunt and Elizabeth Culpo or whatever. Olivia Culpo. Never heard of her. <laughs> Look her up. She, I will. She, she looks like she has a great personality. <laughs> nice alright so we'll both probably see that movie by the time you listen to us next time I sure freaking hope so for my sanity and for yours I hope we both succeed in our ventures but I think that is it for episode 41 the Derek Nowitzki episode we didn't mention him once other than the beginning and it's I like, know and our whole podcast is just based off of Dirk you know I'm shocked we didn't mention him in his own episode yes um, so we will we, next episode will be heavy on Dirk Nowitzki stuff. <laughs> Don't you worry. Don't you freaking worry. Uh, thank you for listening from iTunes, from SoundCloud, from 12 on Sports Radio. Go to 12 on Sports 
radio.com slash life eight one five for some freaking merchandise. Um, I have I've been told somebody bought one of our uh, drawstring bags and it is extremely high quality. Oh baby! Oh baby is right. So your boys are making millions of dollars off that. So we'll probably have to retire soon. Um, Sorry, you know, soak up the episodes while you can. You know, share them with your friends, but don't don't let them listen on your phone. Make them sign in to their phone, subscribe to us, rate it, review, correct, and then and then listen on their own. Correct. We are on every Wednesday at. 4 p.m. Central Time um, on 12OnSportsRadio.com. Go to BackupQuarterback.org for some blogs. You can even find some of my blogs on 12OnSportsRadio. Go to YouTube. Look up Backup Quarterback Colton. I, I'll probably make a video here or there. They're, they're pretty, pretty dope. And go to Facebook. Give us a like. Jake, what do you got? Uh, I don't know. Go buy our merch. Go buy it's our merch. Awesome. That's that's the main thing I got. So uh, go do that, people. Go do that, people. Um, subscribe, rate, review, uh, rate well. Don't don't rate us bad. We want you. Yeah, to don't be dick. I will pay you so much money. Ah, well, I'm not gonna do that. But nah, we're not gonna pay you any money. But right. you know, Patrick Reed is a bitch. Life in the One Five podcast is cool. Uh, those and the sky is blue and taxes. Those are the only four inevitable things. And death. Those are the five. Yeah. Inevitable things in the world. Patrick Reed uh, podcast too. Yes, we are not Patrick Reed guys here. Anti Patrick Reed guys. AudibleTrial dot com slash life in the one five. We're tossing them all in here at the end there. <laughs> oh yeah, we are so rich. Um, Jake, it has been real. Keep it one hundred, please. We'll do, Colton. Was that cool? One hundred. Very cool. I was reading a book on how to t- uh, talk cool. So I love you all. <laughs> Oh, God.